and now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the Substandard Expanded Universe. You are listening to the SSEU podcast. We are a 70-odd episode old podcast about pop culture, quarantines, politics, astrophysics. We are coming to you live from quarantine where we are all trying to survive best as we can. I was just showing my co-hosts that the current status of my quarantine is that my last Google search is best wine shops in the Phoenix area. We are not joined by Chris today because he caught the plague. But Ryan, you are here as usual. Yeah, I'm here. I've, I woke up a little... A little, a uh, little fuzzy this morning with a headache, and I thought maybe I had it, but then I realized, oh no, that was because I stayed up till three in the morning drinking whiskey and watching 1917 with Jonah and Band of Brothers, right? We did. We watched the first episode of Band of Brothers too, because Jonah's like me; he likes to stay up late, and I didn't even know he knew what 1917 was. But as soon as it was available, like to stream. He kept asking, like, can we watch that? He, he called it, like, 1987, like, three times. And, then I, was, <laughs> and I was like, no. We, uh, and I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll watch it. We'll watch it. Jonah. I was like, I haven't seen it yet, but I want to watch it, too. Because he was, like, wanting to watch it without me. And I was like, no, just wait. And we'll watch it together sometime. But we, I, there's a minor spoiler here. So if you haven't seen 1917, earmuff it for the next 30 seconds. There's the scene in the movie where... Um, the two protagonists are at the uh, the farmhouse, and they find the milk, and then they see a dogfight in the air, and it's two two British pilots and, and fighting a German, and they shoot down the German. One of them being well, Tom Hardy. Yeah, Tom Hardy's up there. You, <laughs> he makes a brief cameo. People don't know that that that's a real character. He was in World War One and World War Two. <laughs> And so they shoot down the German. He crashes like right where they are in the barn and his plane starts to catch on fire. And right away they grab the German pilot out and they're like helping him. And so I'm like watching Jonah watch the scene. I'm like wondering if I'm going to have to explain to him like why they're helping him, why they're not just letting him die. And, you know, that it's the honorable thing to do. And but I don't at all. And like he's just watching it and he's like, okay. And then as the scene goes on, um, the, the one guy says, hey, go get him some water. He's thirsty. And then you hear the other guy as as the one character walks away, you hear the other British soldier scream and you don't see what's happening. You just see the other guy turn around and raise his weapon and shoot the German. And you realize that he was stabbing the British soldier who was trying to help him. Mm -hmm. And so Jonah says, oh, good. Now it's not a war crime. (laughs) And I was like, that's that's right. That yeah, they tried to help him and then now they can kill him. Remind me how old Jonas. He's almost twelve. He'd be like twelve in August. <laughs> how uh, how did you like nineteen seventeen? I I really did like it. I I thought maybe I wasn't gonna like it as much because for one, people kept saying you need the theater experience to really like it. And as much as JVL hyped it up, I thought it was just gonna be overhyped. I don't know. I still think Dunkirk is better. Um, like I have a pretty decent sound system. And so I turned it up really loud. I turned the lights off and I put my phone away. 
Like at first, <laughs> like the first five minutes, like I was on my phone and Thomas like texted, texted me like all caps, pay attention. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And so I decided I'm going to put my phone down and not look at it for the rest of the movie. And, and so I really, I did, I really got into it and I, I thought it was really good. It's, I don't know where I would rank it yet in, you know, for last year's films, but it'd be up yeah. there. It's no little women. Uh, so, uh, in place of Chris, we are joined on this episode by Jason for God knows whichever time. Uh, Jason, how are you? Have you seen 1917? I have not yet. It's uh, oh, up there. Boy. I want to see it, but yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. Like, I don't think you necessarily need the theater experience, but like, you definitely need to sit down and either sit really cr- close to your monitor or have a big TV. And you darken everything else in the room, and I, I think it and the, and allow the, the sound like a, like a subwoofer, like the the subwoofer helps having that on, like yeah, like you yeah, you really get immersed as so just like, turn my iPhone up all the way up. Yeah, turn your iPhone in portrait mode all the way. On when you're on the toilet, you just want to like hold it right up to your face. Especially like the gunshots and the like the shootout scenes, or like the sound in those are great. Yeah. It's sort of like the the first scene in Dunkirk when they are running down the street in Calais and they suddenly start to get shot at and you're like, holy shit, what's happening? Yeah. Jason, uh, so for those who don't know, Jason uh, and his family are big zoo people and aquarium people. Are you also aquarium people? No, just the zoo. The zoo. Just, but the zoo is now closed. Yes. Uh, so it's really hampering the weekends here in the quarantine. So... Crosley is not, he's not, I don't know. We haven't like told him like the zoo is closed. We haven't, mm. just haven't mentioned it at all. <laughs> because if we, as soon as we do, it's going to be, it's going to oh, be a, a shit show. Yeah. <laughs> Are you still, you're still like letting him play outside and stuff, right? Uh, or no, it's cold there. I forget. Because <laughs> it's like 80 degrees here. Yesterday, I sent the boys out on their scooters to play Captain Phillips. So, <laughs> did you also tell him not to go near anyone else in the neighborhood? Well, I found out that the day before, like two days ago, Jonah actually got in a fight with uh, one of the kids, one of their friends in the neighborhood. And Jonah was like, he climbed on top of me and Jack and Rhett were telling me the story too. Yeah, he got on top of Jonah. Jonah was just trying to get his uh, Nerf gun back. And then he jumped on top of Jonah to try to take it from him. And then Jonah kicked him in the butt and he ran back to his house. And I said... You guys should be practicing social distancing, so there shouldn't be any fights. Jason, you live in Ohio. Is anything open in Ohio? Because your governor has been really proactive in closing shit down, right? Oh, yeah. He was the first, probably, for the schools and, well, anything else. Uh, they haven't... Like, he was the first, like, to say restaurants for carry-out only, close the bars, all that. So, yeah, he's been pretty on top of it. And closing the bars didn't cause a riot in Ohio? Well, it wasn't necessarily the bars, but there was a riot at the University of Dayton when they said the kids had to go home. There was, like, tear gas and all that. So, Jason is an expert on trash, and we are going to talk about two rotten movies today. One is Ryan's pick, uh, and the other movie is Jason's pick. We are also going to talk about an upcoming bracket that you will be able to find on Twitter uh, that Jason's going to post. It's going to be about sports movies, and it's going to be great. The NCAA is canceled. This is the next best thing. Yeah, I I would also just like to set the scene for how this podcast is currently recorded. I am in my robe, 
drinking wine and eating Girl Scout cookies. We'll see where this goes. So do you have like a quarantine plan? Like have you signed up for Disney Plus and everything so that you don't oh, have things oh, yeah. to do? We have, yeah, we have probably much too much streaming from HBO Go to Netflix to Hulu and uh, well, ESPN Plus doesn't mean much anymore, does it? But uh, yeah, we have all the streaming. There are people in the SSEU who argue that Disney Plus is not worth it. Yes, I, I don't get how how you take you have kids and say multiple kids, like like more than <laughs> more than three or four kids, and then say that the the company that's responsible for the highest level of quality, certainly in the last thirty years, of kids movies and TV shows that that all those in one place isn't worth it to you even though it costs seven dollars compared to (sighs) the netflix which is twice as much with subpar content and uh, i don't know that's just that's probably a hypothetical that's there's no room really like that is there still any disney or marvel content on uh, netflix or is it all gone is there still one with Star Wars still on Netflix or I, I think some of the uh, some of the, the the cartoon series like some of the Marvel cartoon series like uh, oh, there was a Hulk movie that's on there and mm. I think very few though not much Disney is still holding back a lot of its library so yeah. if they wanted to just start releasing stuff they could and I think that's part of the thing like people are all pissed off because they're they're not releasing all the Fox stuff that they got. That they're not putting it all out there automatically. Like, what do you want it to be? Like, do you want to be? Uh, I think it, I think it should be kind of curated. Like, okay, this is going back to his, you know, movies from the sixties and seventies. They should have some somebody basically, you know, like a, a TCM style presentation that basically is explaining the movies, talking about them, and like showing them why they should be talked about. Like some of the Fox classics. I know they put sound and music on there because, well, that's obviously a extremely popular film. But just looking on on Netflix right now, yeah, they do. They still have Ant Man and the Wasp. They have Infinity War. They obviously still have the series that are on there. And they have Solo uh, as uh, one of the Star Wars movies they have. And yeah, there's a couple uh, other things. But yeah, these have to be really good days for streaming services. Is it good though? I mean, does it matter? I mean, are they? I, I do wonder how many more subscribers is Netflix getting. Or uh, right. that, that didn't already have it, didn't already know about it, didn't already know what they have. I mean, who doesn't have it that would get it just because of a quarantine that wouldn't have other entrances outside of seeing Love is Blind, uh, now Netflix or whatever other crap they're coming out with nowadays? Yesterday, we had a power outage in, in downtown Phoenix. Suddenly, I was like, what's going on? Is it just me or is it everyone? And I walked outside, and immediately everyone started walking their dog. You saw people just walking around the neighborhood. And it's when I sort of realized that a a quarantine or self-isolation, it isn't that bad until you take away your electronics. And (laughs) that's that's when people start to go crazy. I think, yeah, there's someone who thinks it's going to be apocalyptic because there will be no one to run the power plants. And no one to you know service the power lines. If if I mean that's that's one thing. If we spike as far as you know people getting sick and they can't, you know, every job is you know a skeleton crew. And if there is a natural disaster anywhere, if that earthquake in Utah today would have been instead of a five point whatever it would have been you know a seven, 
then that's where real problems would have occurred. Where I mean, you it, would, it wouldn't be a choice. You would have had sick workers going out to try to help their you know their their city. Ryan had to slip away for a moment, but I think that we should uh, we should start to talk about the bracket. Yeah. So, oh yeah. So as usual, we have a bracket with. 60, 64, I was about to say team, 64 movies. Yeah. We, have four, we have four different regions, Madison Square Garden, Churchill Downs, Fenway Park, and Monaco. Well, we, we need to set up what kind of bracket this is. This is... Oh, right. Go ahead. The, this bracket is the greatest sports theatrical films of all time. So movies that, that, that were not TV movies, but movies that... Uh, we're in theaters, and this is anywhere from the earliest. I think uh, maybe National Velvet uh, was in the 40s. Uh, Banger Rump Slowly fairly to, to very recent, either the Money Balls, the other movies like that, the uh, Creed, another uh, very recent film. So everything and, in between. And, and National Velvet, we'll get to this, but it is actually it is actually a one seed in yes, the bracket. It is the uh, one in, yeah, in Churchill Hoddown's region. Ah, so, can you say something about the science behind the seedings, the rankings well, here? Uh, obviously, the the boys in the uh, on the committee, because uh, we wouldn't allow ladies, obviously. But uh, just kidding. Anyways, the the committee um, decided that the easiest way, because it's doing box office and everything like that, uh, it, it's very hard with these movies that range, uh, you know, forties to, to to current, right. and keep them even uh, and not be too too much uh, favoritism towards recent movies. Um, so what we did was we took, we looked at uh, obviously Rotten Tomatoes scores are, are very important in this. Metacritic scores, which are you use some of the same uh, form, same critics as Rotten Tomatoes, but have a different formulation. So there are different uh, they're not, they don't sync up that much. There's some definite uh, ones. And then we used um, IMDB ratings. So that basically gives the Rotten Tomato gives the uh, critic scores and the Metacritic critic scores, and then uh, the IMDb rating is basically just voters on IM ever you know uh, just people on IMDb website hitting seven, eight, or whatever. Uh, are are these people with IMDb Pro accounts? Because fuck those guys. <laughs> no, I think any asshole can uh, can vote in this one. <laughs> okay, we came up with sixty four movies. Yes. Are are there any significant movies that are missing from the bracket that you would like to to I mention mean, up front here? Every season, some well deserving movies miss it. Uh, obviously, uh, Tin Cup, a favorite of mine, didn't make it. What? Uh, <laughs> uh, the Lo- the Love Bug didn't make it. The Cutting Edge, I know that's a favorite of many uh, figures. The getting Cutting Edge out. didn't make it either. Um, oh. the love- whoa, whoa! So the Love Bug is a sports movie. Uh, racing. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> Wimbledon didn't didn't make it. Uh, Any given Sunday, Brewster's Millions, which was one of my favorite movies of all time, it, it just didn't make the cut. Um, uh, Side Out, the best the best volleyball movie of all time, uh, did not make it. No idea. Uh, let's see Thomas Howell's greatest film. But all right, so let let's let's dig into the regions uh, a little bit here, and we'll we'll start with the Madison Square Garden region. Where the number one seed is the Hustler. Yes, which, Paul Newman's The Hustler. Um, I've not seen this. He's, he's basically a pool shark, and uh, it's it's one of the best probably films out of uh, what when did it come out in the 
1961 it came out. It almost has, you know, a perfect Rotten Tomatoes score, a 98, uh, high Metacritic, and obviously high IMDb rating. But it's uh, it's it's Paul almost Newman, as good. Jackie Gleason. It's, yeah, it's almost as good as The Color of Money. <laughs> yes, Color of Money is the sequel to uh, to uh, The Hustler. It's ah. so much better. Tom Cruise and Paul Newman. And this, <laughs> it, it's better. Gambling movies are not in here, or like like movies about poker or card games. Are are they considered sports movies? I didn't I didn't put card games as as so a like sports rounders movie. didn't make it. Rounders did not make it. Yes, okay. I, I, I'll do that. So, but but billiards is probably as close as I got to. I mean, that's a sport. I, I think billiards is a sport. Um, sure, some um, ESPN something. Yes, the art show. But obviously, uh, oh. the big the big thing is a hustler is the overall number one seed, and it obviously faces the worst sixteenth seed, which in this case means it's facing Caddyshack. Right. So I don't hustler. see how that's the worst sports movie in this. There's so many worse. Well, like, obviously, for instance, that, that, that I can I can name that, off the top that, of my head that worst one baseball movie that came out with uh, like a couple years ago. That was terrible. Forty two. The, the minor league baseball players and what is it? Ryan. Uh, Ryan loves it. Everybody wants some. That was about a college in the 1980s that came out in 2016, directed by Richard Linklater, and it's great. It would have won this bracket. I assume that we just assumed it was the number one, so we left it off. Bend it like Beckham is better than than that movie. No, it's not. (laughs) Uh, So, so I I will I will predict that Caddyshack is gonna. Beat the shit out of the hustler in the first round. Yeah, of course they oh, should. I'm not. I'm. These are just ways to rank them. I I, I understand. There's going to be upsets, but I, I I'm assured that at the end of the at the end of the year, at the end of this tournament, it's going to be some one seeds making it very far. You have National Velvet, never seen it. Raging Bull, never seen it. And Million Dollar Baby, seen it once, hated it. Like those are the one seeds. They're oh. all terrible. All right, so we'll get to that, Ryan. But so in the Madison Square Garden bracket, obvious the obvious favorite is remember the Titans. No, <laughs> no. I I, th- I think the, the favorite I'll take the wrestler. One, the wrestler, I think, is going to go far. I, I could see uh, Slapshot making a run. Moneyball. Because- I, it, Moneyball obviously is coming out of the Madden's, Madison Square Garden bracket. I think that's you know, it's going to be Caddyshack or Moneyball. Out of that bracket, but but remember the Titans is on TV the most out of any care. of these movies. No, it no, no. Sucks. I, I, it's not I, a good movie. It, I I think that is incorrect. If especially the older you get, so many of these movies like Slapshot was on TV every weekend on whatever local you know every every city had their own. TV station that, that wasn't a major uh, didn't have a major network and just played movies and syndicated shows and Slapshot was on every single weekend or Bad News Bears was on every single weekend I gotta uh, say I think I've seen Slapshot once and didn't care for it but yeah, I'm, expecting, I, I, I'm expecting our audience is going to have a more shock reaction to that than the newest movie the newest release in the Madison Square Garden bracket is I, Tonya? Uh, yeah, I, Tanya, and maybe Eddie the Eagle came out a year right before that, maybe. See, yeah, Eddie the Eagle is really good. I, I go what is out that? of Madison. Uh, the ski jumping. Uh, Hugh with, Jackman with uh, Karen, Ed, uh, Karen Edgerton. Yes. 
Okay, I, I don't care much for the X-Men universe. Uh, let's move on to the next bracket. <laughs> in the, uh, the next bracket, the next region. So in Fenway Park, the number one seed is Million Dollar Baby. Up Going against a much better movie, Talladega Nights. <laughs> <laughs> well, better in... Talladega Nights is coming out of the Fenway Park region. I'm sorry. <laughs> Talladega Nights is, is, is amazing. I think Bull Durham's the, the, one, the, the team, the movie to beat in that region. Bull Durham um, can suck it. Uh, they don't have they don't have shake and bake, and they don't have John C. Riley and Will Ferrell turning in uh, double tour de force performances. Rubbish. Uh, the obvious favorite out of this bracket, based on uh, how it did early on, just the strength of schedule, is obviously the Blind Side. <laughs> what? <laughs> Blindside is a terrible movie. Julia Roberts is going to crush this bracket. Julia Roberts out of existence. So Sandra Bullock. <laughs> yeah, uh, her. I think I think the toughest matchup out of this whole, maybe the whole first round, is is Bull Durham at the five going against Major League at the twelve. I don't even like. Uh, that's such an easy choice. It's obviously Major League. I don't like Bull Durham. Oh, no! whoa! Tim Robbins, is, Tim Robbins looks terrible throwing a baseball. I'm sorry, like that ruins the whole movie for me. <laughs> and like the things that, like a lot of the things, like uh, Kevin Costner telling him to pitch to contact. Pitching to contact is a terrible idea. Yeah, you should pitch to knock the other guy out. Uh, but so when he says, when he says, like you know, throw some ground ball. Don't strike everybody. You know, throw some ground balls. That's Democratic. No, don't throw ground balls. You pitch this miss bats. You don't pitch to contact. Ryan. Jason Jason is a Reds fan. He knows Pete Harnish pitched to contact. And got battled uh, he, around. Yeah. That was, I think that used to be a, like the, the Reds' uh, minor league philosophy for like a five oh, years. It, it was. Pitch to, to contact was. And yeah. we had Eric and Milton was, and Pete Harnish pitching Eric to contact. Milton pitched the contact of the seats in the uh, yeah. left field. But wait, wait. You said, you said okay. So Tim Robbins uh, looks terrible in Major League. What about Harris in in uh, I mean, excuse me. Tim Robbins looked terrible pitching in in Bull Durham. What about Harris in Major League? He's like a fifty year old man. They're pretending he can pitch <laughs> and be like a, an ace on his on a playoff. You team. know, he's Charlie Huff. He's <laughs> he's a knuckleballer. He's uh, who who's the guy that just signed it that that signed another contract in his forties? Lefty. Oh no. Uh, it was a left-hander pitcher. Um, it was on the Red Sox, and he was just like a journeyman. Jesse and Roscoe? I, no, I don't. I can't remember his name. Um, but but still, yeah, he he at least yeah he's fifty years old, but he at least looks like he knows how to throw a baseball. Tim Robbins looks like he he's never like this movie was the first time they're like they were he's like never seen a baseball. He was like here's a baseball. <laughs> I've, now I've held one. <laughs> So, so Ryan, as as the resident uh, baseball nerd, uh, do you have a favorite movie out of the Kevin Costner baseball trilogy? Oh boy, you know I don't. Or do really... you? Or do you hate? Do you hate them all? Or I kind of hate them all. I kind of do hate them all. I mean, at least in Field of Dreams, he's not really playing. But the thing <laughs> is, he the thing is, he looks good. And, I mean, that shouldn't I shouldn't hold that against. I mean, because he actually does look good playing. He yeah. looks good in Bull Durham. He he looks like he could he could be a catcher. Um, he looks good in um, what's the other good. one where he's a pitcher for uh, love of the game. Uh, for love, love of the, the game. game, 
He Love looks like he can actually he can actually pitch. I hate everything else about. The only good parts of For the Love of the Game are like the actual baseball. I hate everything else about that movie. Um, and and then I so if I had to pick one, I guess I would pick For Love of the Game because the baseball parts look really good. But so, what do you think about the chances for Whippet? Well, I think I that's what probably what the that's uh, uh, Ellen Page. I think uh, Drew Barrymore. Oh, oh yeah, it's, uh, it's Roller, roller derby. Uh, derby. Okay. Yeah, I probably need to watch that because that's probably actually pretty good. I think I, I think I remember seeing it long, like when it first like first came like to vid like DVD like I'm good on Redbox. Uh, I think it was it was an okay movie, um, but I was surprised it actually got into the. the field. I don't I don't go to Redbox because I don't wear condoms. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ah, but but so uh, Jason, what is your pick out of? Uh, uh, the Fenway Park region was it Bull Durham? I think Bull Durham for me, Bull Durham. And uh, 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 one that I think everyone should see out of this, which is going to lose in the first round of the fighter, is Goon. It's a really mm. good movie with uh, with Sean. Yep. Um, see, yeah, I- I've seen that. I-, I think that's better than Slapshot. I, will... uh, I don't know about that, but it's a, but it's it's worth everyone seeing. Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights is going to come out. Uh, that's okay. the best movie here. All right. Well, so obviously the winner here is uh, the Sandra Bullock movie, The Blind Side. She is what a, real. What a, that, that was like Michael Lewis's worst book. <laughs> Let's move on to the Churchill Downs region, where, as Jason mentioned earlier, we have the oldest movie in the bracket, National Velvet, as a number one seed, going up against something called Ali. Which I assume is a boxing movie. Michael Mann, yes. directed by Michael Mann. Yes, uh, Will Smith's. Uh, I definitely Ali. think there there are sections of Ali that are like the best sections of any movie ever. But then there are parts of it that are really boring and bad. Like I love Michael Mann, so I, I'm definitely voting for Ali here. But that's not my favorite coming out of this bracket. I think maybe either. White Minch can't jump, or he got game, are the ones that. Uh... So, so when I was growing up back home, uh, white uh, white men, white man, white men can't jump. Used to be on TV all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's an H- that was an HBO absolute. Uh, that was always on HBO's rotation. Um, I mean, the problem. I mean, the basketball doesn't look great. Like Woody Harrelson. Doesn't he looks okay shooting a basketball? He doesn't look great. As as again, as I've said before, if there's one thing in this world that I'm an expert at that I've spent ten thousand hours doing, it's shooting a basketball. And he he looks like he looks. But there are guys that I've played with that, whose shot has looked like Woody Harrelson, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna let him shoot, and then he just keeps draining them. So. <laughs> So like the, it, that's where it's believable to me is that like he's got that Larry Bird kind of like back over the head kind of shot, which isn't like a natural like a, uh, like that's not the way you would teach somebody to shoot. But there are guys that just like have done that their whole life and they just don't miss. So that's where I give it a little bit of credit. Yeah, no, it's like and it's obviously a classic, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, the story's great. Like the yeah. This, like it's who a great story. Who, who doesn't love it, Jason? Do you have anything you want to say about this uh, this oh, region? Uh, well, well, one thing, a movie that no one's probably ever seen, but they should, 
the the bingo long traveling all stars and motor kings. It's with Billy D. Williams, Richard Pryor, James Earl Jones, and it's uh was kind of like a a bunch of it's about a bunch of ex Negro League players. Um, it's just a fun movie, but it, it came out in like mid seventies. But it's just hmm. it's worth it's worth everyone seeing if you like a ba- if you that. like baseball. I mean, I'm not gonna say the baseball is great in it, but it's just a fun movie and definitely of a t- uh, like uh, a good like period movie of you know baseball you know in the 40s uh, in the Negro Leagues. So Breaking Away is really good too. Before we yes, get. Uh, yeah, I was gonna ask, what is that? I I'm not sure. That's a movie. It was filmed. Well, it takes place in basically Bloomington, in, in Indiana, Indiana, where yeah. University oh. of Indiana is. Um, Indiana University is, and it's basically about. Um, there's a bike race that's in town, and uh, this basically a group of kids that trying to get out from being townies. Basically, they're not they're not the college kids. They're they're just the townies, um, and they basically want to. Especially one kid trying to, his goal is to be a great bicyclist, and uh, right. his dreams are. I think uh, Italian teams coming to this race, and he wants this nothing more. He pretends to be Italian and tries to speak with an Italian accent. And, uh, uh, he realizes they're the kind of like basically growing up kind of movie and just using uh, cycling. Cycling is actually an interesting sport. I, I don't think it really is a sport that lends itself to movies in a in a terrific way. But it can actually be really interesting. And like they they are truly like athletes, like oh, the yes. people who do like Giro d'Italia or Tour de France or whatever, it, it is amazing the kind of effort and work that they put into it. Breaking Away is a movie that they used to show in, I remember seeing this in high school, high school as a, as a movie they show to basically in, in film study class. Uh, I remember watching like my sophomore year. Um, uh, do you have any thoughts on the best movie in this region, which uh, is Invictus? Uh, Invictus is very good. It's not going to beat Rudy, even though Rudy is a, a, a fictional movie. That because uh, Rudy was really an asshole. I just asked <laughs> Joe Montana. But I think the best, my favorite movie out of this region, it's not going to win. Is probably Rush. Okay. It's just it's that's just it's a very a recent movie. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, I think I think Rush is just fantastic. Uh, if you have like if you have any interest in any any kind of racing it must watch yeah uh, no so i think uh, one of our loyal listeners conrad i think this is uh, one of his favorite movies and it has like it has chris hemsworth olivia wilde uh, it's directed by ron howard uh, i i would like to say about churchill downs this region is that it probably has the two worst movies out of the entire bracket really, can, so, I, can i guess can i guess what you're gonna say i'm gonna say you're gonna think um uh, uh sandlot Sandlot, Sandlot is the second worst movie in the entire bracket. Yeah, I hate Sandlot. It's terrible. It is. It's, so I, I tried watching Sandlot, I don't know, a couple of years ago or something. And I feel like it is a movie that, you you one, you have to be American. You have to watch it while you're growing up. And you yeah. might fall in love with it. But it, I, I'm sorry, people. It is not a great movie. It, no, no, no. no. It, it's, a, it's a Bad News Bears mm-hmm. ripoff. It's, it's more like, you know, an official, but Leo. You know, it's it's basically a ripoff of some of all the themes, the tropes from Bad News Bears, just carried over to this uh, this movie. Uh, and which do you think is the worst movie? Well, I know what you're going to say, but I don't it, think it's the worst movie. A League of Their Own. 
Definitely the worst movie of the entire bracket. In the in the Monaco region uh, of the bracket, we have a number one seed that is Raging Bull. Is that a movie you enjoyed, Jason? It's fine. I don't. I know it's one of the considered one of the greatest, probably one of the greatest films of all time, and maybe De Niro's top three movies. I would voting. I'm. I would vote Secretariat as the sixteen over Raging Bull because I just. Oh. I enjoy Secretariat. I am actually not sure I've ever seen Raging Bull. Like, I, I know everyone says it is great, but I'm not sure I've ever seen it. I think there's better boxing movies. It's a great story. Yeah, but, well, it, there's nothing wrong with it. I just don't... It's, I don't see anyone saying it's their favorite movie. They can say, it. oh, it's good, but no one's going to say, oh, that's my favorite movie of all time. So, uh, I think that the, the Monaco region has... The, the most interesting matchup to me out of all of these. Okay, and well, it, can, I, can I guess on that one? Yeah, go ahead. Ford versus Ferrari and Cool Runnings. Yes! <laughs> these are two movies I love. Ford v. Ferrari might be some recency bias, but it's an amazing movie. But then there's Cool Runnings, which is a cult classic, yes. and everyone should love it. Yes, it's... It's definitely a the perfect guy movie, Ford vs. Ferrari, and the perfect just fun movie that doesn't take itself seriously, tells a good story, has good performances. You can't go wrong with Cool Running. The first seed is Raging Bull, the second seed is Ford v. Ferrari, and then the third seed is one of the movies from the Rocky franchise, Creed. Yes, uh, it probably, I think we ha- when we had the uh, one of our other movie uh, uh brackets creed was a high ranker just because i think everyone loves michael jordan i think he's just a really good actor so so what do you think will come out well so i guess there are two questions what do you think will come out on top in this region and what would you like to come out on top i Is could it, it... S- i could see hoosiers at the oh, five so coming out I, I i think that's a, a movie everyone's Almost everyone's seen. It's there's nothing bad about that movie. All the performances are great. Gene um, Hackman, yeah, it's, it's Gene great. Hackman, Dennis Hoffman, Dennis Hopper. Other movies in here. There, there's two movies that um, I don't want to confuse anyone's. The Long Shore. This is the original one we're talking about. Burt Reynolds original. It came out in the '70s, not the Adam Sandler remake. And then the uh, Karate Kid was the Lindsay facing its Cinderella as the original, the Ralph Macchio um, uh, Karate Kid. What's the new one called? Karate Kid. Oh, well, that's not confusing at all. Great job. This region also has a movie that I have seen more times than I can count in Jerry hmm. Maguire. Really? Yeah. Like, like in Son, you have to watch it kind of a movie, or no, it's it, just it, on it, so fucking it, much. It used to be on all the time on TV. I think TBS used to play it consistently. Yeah, like, like, so back home, Jerry Maguire and Remember the Titans are two of the movies that I remember. Jerry Maguire, uh, Remember the Titans, and Shawshank Redemption used to always be on TV. <laughs> See, I, I, there, was, uh, there was definitely, um, in Cincinnati, it was Channel 64. And it still kind of is, but, like, they would play, they only had, like, syndicated shows, so they had, like, uh, I don't know, they may have, but, like, the syndicated like the star trek next generation kind of stuff during the night and you know a couple of syndicated shows like the hercules and and xena but during the day it was just old movies and or movies from the 80s and 70s like that and i think 
and none of these movies made it, but there's so many movies like um, uh, The Best of Times, which is a Robin Williams and uh, Kurt Russell movie. About, uh, basically, it's a fo- high school football movie. They go back and replay the, the city championship. Uh, and uh, uh, the other movie is uh, Wildcats with uh, Goldie Hawn, where she becomes a high school football coach. What, and and uh, all, the right, all the Right Moves with Tom Cruise when he's a high school football stud player. Those were in. Re- I, I remember those being heavy rotation on uh, on on local movie channel here in town. I I just realized that we forgot to mention a movie in the first region that we talked about. We did not mention Miracle, which is a tremendous movie uh, about the greatest sport. It should obviously go far. Although I I suspect that the garbage voters of the SSEU are not gonna. It might make it past Heaven Can Wait, but it, w- it, it will. Because I don't think anyone knows Heaven Can Wait. I was surprised it made it, but having a wait with um, I forgot his name, um, uh, <laughs> Warren Beatty, Warren Beatty in it. Not many people remember that. I think I've seen it one time, probably twenty years ago. I don't think Miracle's gonna Miracle's gonna make that first round, but it's not gonna get past Caddyshack in, mm. in the next round. So. I have two more questions before we leave the bracket. One is, what is Foxcatcher? Foxcatcher is the movie. It's a movie with um, Steve Carell. Came out fourteen, thirteen. Uh, it's a, it's about the uh, Dupont, um, who was uh, he was an heir to the Dupont fortune, and he set up a wrestling kind of like, not wrestling camp, like a wrestling like performance center. Yeah, two thousand fourteen. It came out. Um, Steve Carell and, and Channing Tatum and Mark Ruffalo, um, and it's basically about the the events surrounding. Uh, John Dupont was like a, a huge wrestling enthusiast. He loved amateur wrestling, and it's basically about the the murder of one of the wrestlers. Oh. So at, at his uh, at who he's basically sponsored, he like put up the money and like paid for them so they could you know gave them a salary so they could trained to be the best wrestlers in the world and win Olympic, go to the Olympics and world championships. I think Channing Tatum and, and Mark Ruffalo played, played brothers in it, wrestling brothers. Okay, so. yeah, I, I haven't seen it. I'm not actually sure I've heard of it before I saw the bracket. Uh, and so it, has, the it, has, la- it, has, it has Vanessa Redgrave in it. So The last question before <laughs> we leave bracket talk, which movie do you think is going to win? If, if you were, were going to place a bet in Vegas, which is currently shut down, what uh, what would you place your money on? Uh, this one is probably the one I'm most uncertain of. I I could see Hoosiers winning it. I could see that getting a lot of votes just from like the Ryan Kenny crowd. Do you, Do you think any of the Rocky movies stands a shot at winning? What about Moneyball? <sighs> Moneyball's I don't think Moneyball's a movie everyone likes, but they're gonna. It's I don't think Moneyball is the best sports movie it's a very good movie based on sports but it's it's a movie to me i think of like baseball movies moneyball is not in the top five probably the best one that features baseball but it's not better than major league and field of dreams and mr baseball okay well you you are allowed to be wrong so i am sure that just to spite me the movie that's going to win is probably A League of Their Own, which is complete and utter garbage and unrealistic. And uh, yeah, no, uh, I wish everyone uh, 
good luck. Have a fun bracket. Go yell at each other. Uh, we will be posting the bracket in the coming few days. Uh, we need our graphic designer to make a slight change to it before it can actually be published. Brian, which movie do you think is going to win the sports bracket? Do I think or do I want? Both. Uh, both. Um, I want Moneyball to win. I think... Uh, I think it'll be something dumb like Hoosiers. That's who I think is going to win, too. Hoosiers. Is Hoosiers actually, like, universally loved by people? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's... Bit, it's it's was on so much. Everyone's seen it. That's And, I mean, the basketball's good. I mean, I, you know... Is this, that how you is that how you grade every like sports movie like the well, sport has to be good? It's a big part. It's a big part of it. I See, mean, by, like, by, by that, by that grade, me, I would think like a movie like Rush would be the top. I like movie. I like Rush. Rush I, is. I really like it. As far as having the racing and everything else surrounding it, that would be the best blend of a movie. You know, the baseball in Mister Baseball is good. I mean, it is. We got the big hurt in there. Speaking of Mr. Baseball, that is one of the movies that we are going to talk about this week. However, before we get to that, we have a couple of movie quotes that we wanted to share with our audience. Uh, Ryan, how about uh, you go ahead with yours first? Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Um, 815. That works. Uh, room 569. Yeah, I, I know. Nice. Um and uh, can you can you do that thing you do? You know that thing you do. Don't make me say it. Yeah, with with the with the anima and the Woody doll. Yeah, hundred 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 and fifty. That'll be great. All right, great. See you then. And that was Tom Hanks and that thing you do. I just figured since we talked about Tom Hanks last week, we'd do some of his movie quotes. Hashtag Hanks. H-A-N-X. X. Uh, oh, so we, we, also, we also have a movie quote that was sent in by one of our listeners, Timothy Lewis, who has also been on the podcast, your expert on all things squirrel. Uh, so I, I'll just <clears throat> dive right into it. Look, I don't care how cute a couple you think your brother and I would make. I'm not going to bone Tom. A hawk can swoop down and peck out my eyes, but the answer is still no. And that is Kurt Russell in Bone Tom. <laughs> I, I, haven't, I haven't actually seen Bone Tomahawk, but I still want to now. That's a good scene. <laughs> From Bone Tomahawk to no, I'm sorry. I apologize for that. To Mr. Baseball, we are going to talk about a movie that um, is about baseball, as the name implies, starring Magnum P.I. Jason, this is your pick for a rotten movie. So how about you tell us what it is about? It's the opposite of a rotten movie, but the critics obviously don't agree. Um, Mr. Baseball is a movie uh, about... So, 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 hang on. So... Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 13% from critics and a 41% from the audience. Uh, misinformed, I would say. Mm-hmm. Mr. Baseball is just the perfect fish-out-of-water story. Um, Tom Selleck is Jack Elliott, Major League Baseball player, pa- 
past his prime, who gets traded uh, to a Japanese team from the New York Yankees, uh, the Chinichi Dragons, a real team. He is uh, in for a bit of culture shock when he gets to uh, Japan. It stars uh, also has Dennis Hasper in it, and yeah. pretty much every Dennis Hasper yeah. and the other name you would know is uh, Frank Thomas. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the big uh, uh, Hasbert of uh, uh, Heat 24. The president Major, in 24. Major uh, League. Major League. Yeah. He had, like, this was, this was took place, he filmed this a couple, maybe two years after Major League, right before Major League 2. So he was, he was in his baseball movie prime. He, he was in his, yeah, he was in his prime. And he looks good, you know, swinging a bat. That's the, that's the thing about this movie. I think you, you said it kind of joked about it before, but Base Through Baseball has they uh, they filmed it. They it wasn't like like uh, extra in, extras in the crowd. They filmed it at real baseball stadiums. It interspliced the the action into real crowd footage and game, game footage, uh, what, and that's what? why it looks so, so good. So, so and it's it and swing a bat. Yeah, so, Selleck looks like he looks like he's built like Fred McGriff. Like he's he's taken. He, he's like done a bunch of like batting practice with the Tigers, which is his what, favorite team. Well, the thing was, he before the before he did this movie, he went to spring training, and actually Nolan yeah. Ryan pitched to him so he could see what a hundred mile an hour fastball looks like <laughs> coming at him. But but so all the all the crowd footage of them like banging their uh, plastic things together and cheering and whatever, all of that is real. Oh yeah, yes, they do absolutely. that in Japan. I have a lot of questions about baseball in Japan, but we'll get to them. And, and so, so I think that this movie is... So I, I don't think it's rotten. I'll, I'll give it a grade later, but I, I don't think it's rotten. And Tom Selleck says something in the beginning, and he then returns to it later in the movie, where he says that baseball is a game, and a game is supposed to be fun. And this is just a fun movie to watch. So it's yes. from 1992... Uh, from the beginning to end, it is like, I don't know, like it, it is like the stereotypical 90s movie, whatever. It's just a lot of fun to watch. So, uh, right. I would agree with that quote about baseball movies. Baseball movies are supposed to be fun. It, baseball movies are about fun. Baseball is a business. It's not supposed <laughs> to be about fun in real life. Like I, uh, So... I disagree with that about, but baseball movies are supposed to be fun, and this movie is fun. It, I have some problems with it, specifically the um, proliferation of the idea that bunting is good. Uh, <laughs> never bunt. You should never bunt. But other than that, it, the ba- the baseball is good and it, and it's fun. So, uh, 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 so we're we're gonna start to get to get into spoilers here. One of the plot points is that when Tom Selleck or Jack Elliott arrives in Japan, his coach, uh, Uchiyama, <laughs> tells, tells him that he has a big hole in his swing. Can't and hit a curveball. He, and yep. that he, he is what, relying too much on his front foot and is supposed to move his hand over. Like, what, what's, the, what's the advice here? He wants him that- to be like a slap hitter or something. To be honest... He should just never swing at curveballs, and he should just be patient and only swing at fastballs is what the real advice to a player. Because he's not going to learn how to hit a curveball at whatever age he is. 38 so, years old. Yeah, he should 
So what he should do is just learn to see, oh, that's a curveball. I'm not swinging no matter where it is. And he should be, like, okay with striking out, uh, like, sometimes and just swinging at fastballs like Adam Dunn. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry Thomas hates this. Like, I'm getting, like, uh, you know, sabermetric about base, a baseball movie. But that's what that's what they should tell him to do. Just don't swing at curveballs ever. ever. Don't try to learn how to hit a curveball. Just don't swing at curveballs. But that's kind of plays into like the the cultural clash that of saving face. Yeah, uh, they kind of they, they kind of talk about you know don't take the extra base, don't dive yeah. for the ball because if you miss it, you're, you're you lose face, and that is right. You don't want to uh, risk something they hit on that is important in the Japanese culture. Uh, that they no, it, it definitely before. it definitely works for the movie. But I'm just saying from us yes. from a sabermetric perspective. He should just never swing at curveballs, and he should just try to mash fastballs all the time. <laughs> now Thomas needs another drink because I said that. What do we, what do we have in Thomas? Oh, is that the Quinto Rubin? Very yep. nice. Ooh. Yeah. It seemed weird to me that they were trying to trade him to the Japanese League. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's... <laughs> That's unrealistic. A, yeah, that's more of a soccer thing. It's kind of like a yeah. It, it's kind of a nice plot point for the movie, but uh, but again, I'm willing to forgive that because it was fun. Yes, and it, seeing it doesn't take seeing, itself seriously, right? It's, seeing yeah. Tom Selleck, you know, uh, having yeah. to deal with making no attempt to, you know, ingratiate himself, ingratiate to himself to the culture. <laughs> What was your favorite part in the first five minutes, Thomas? <laughs> what he he so maybe the best scene in a entire movie is when Tom Selleck wakes up in a sorority house, uh, in a, in a bed of a girl who says something like, "Oh, that was a major league drinking last night," oh or whatever. Like, it, that that scene does not make the movie today. Like, there's no. That scene is very problematic. <laughs> There's no way it makes the it makes the movie. I was rewatching parts of the movie today uh, just to remind myself, and it seems to me that this movie is, is made by people who actually like baseball. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so for sure. It, it is like kind of a love letter to like all Japan different kinds and of baseball. baseball. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that was like the the, the people who, who wrote uh, the script and directed the movie, they obviously like both baseball and they they like Japan. They may be right about Japan, but they're wrong about baseball, but they do like <laughs> baseball. And so and so I appreciate that. I, I like how in the beginning when Tom Selleck meets his agent and his agent, Doc, tells him that, oh, your commercial has been pulled. And Tom Selleck is like, what do you mean? I looked great sitting on that tractor. <laughs> and what was, what was his stat that he gives to the, uh, oh. to the to Yankees when they cut him? Like, uh, I, I meant to write it down when I was rewatching oh, it. But no, I was, no, I mean, yeah. It's like, so, I, I, was, I led the league in something like no, RBIs no. with, Two outs on a Thursday or something like that? No, no, no. Ninth inning doubles in the yeah. month of August. <laughs> Ninth inning doubles in the month of August. That's such a baseball stat. Yes. Like, I, I love that line. His uh, batting average was 235. The year before, is, yeah. yeah. Is we that all bad? Know, or I wish they would have told us his on-base percentage, but they didn't. <laughs> And there's like a great scene in the office when he's about to be traded and he's like, okay, fine. So 
where where am I going? Right. Not, not Canada, is it? I'm not paying those taxes. <laughs> he doesn't realize it's not Cleveland. even it, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, so so like what's worse, Canada or Cleveland? I don't know. It seemed like a tie. <laughs> and then when he gets to Japan and he's in the car on the way to his apartment, he looks out the window and he's like Looks like, looks like <laughs> that's a great line. And uh, I mean him as a Tiger fan probably hates Cleveland. So who yeah. doesn't? And then after he arrives in Japan, he is meeting like the the head honchos of the team or whatever, and they are starting to hand him business cards. <laughs> and he reaches into his pocket and he has a bunch of baseball cards <laughs> and starts to hand them out to the owners of the team. It's like, that's... And like the, the movie is filled with these little things that are just amazing, yeah. like, great, like laugh out loud fun. Right? Yeah, they're like, we're gonna have a good time, and we're yeah. just gonna throw in these ridiculous. <laughs> I, I doubt, I doubt any major league baseball player is actually handing out his own baseball cards, but it's funny <laughs> to think that that could happen. One of the best, like little, and it's just it's after the first practice, his Jack's first practice. Where he's kind of still not learning everything, and he uh, gets told crap as far as like they tell you how to do everything around here. Right. What are they going to tell me how to take a shit? And then he walks mm-hmm. into the bathroom. Somebody tell me how to Dennis Hasbert. Someone please tell me how to take a shit because they have. Uh, they have, well, I think it's they changed have, like, now. Like Squat a whole toilet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That is that is a great that was really funny. When he arrives at the hotel and he's flipping through TV channels, he uh, he he flips through a channel that has Magnum PI playing. Yeah, yes, yeah. that's that's a nice touch. I appreciated that. Is baseball in Japan actually all that different from baseball in the US? Is that a um, thing? Do you guys know? Not really. It's it's pretty similar. I mean, uh, they don't have this. Uh, I think it's more of a uh, more like triple A baseball, kind of like yeah. quadruple A. I'd say like it's it's half. It's better than triple A baseball, it's, but not yeah, as major league baseball. Um, but it's right. a real high quality. Obviously, from the players that come they over, don't, they don't have the power. They don't have as much, as many power hitters because anybody who can hit for power. They're probably going to go to the uh, to to United States anyway, but yeah, it's it, as far as just like like it, they're be- it's better than AAA, but they're just it's missing the power probably of yes. the yeah. major leagues. So one of the major ma- major plot points of the movie is that the dragons are trying to beat the giants for the pennant. Yes, um, the the Tokyo Giants are like the they're the Yankees of. Uh, the Japanese league. Um, uh, is that the... a real? Is that a real team? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yep, the Tokyo Giants. Uh, they're they're all real teams in this. I think yeah. some of the teams oh. have changed names since then, or um, but everyone is. They're still the Chinichi Dragons. Is still a team. Um, but the thing is, the thing is, there is like there's not just it's not just an owner like in like here like there's um, uh, you know this George Steinbrenner and and. Uh, and the the singular owners you can point to the Bob Crafts. There it is. It's corporations own. Like like I think the the Hiroshima Carp are owned by Mazda. I am literally reading on Wikipedia right now that the Chunichi Dragons is owned by a Japanese newspaper. So it, it, there's a definitely a different culture as far as like how 
the teams are run, and that's by, part by a board like, rather than just one like rich yes. owner. Yeah, it's it's and everything's micro managed. Right. Uh, yeah. Like like in United States sports, I don't know how like uh, European soccer is, but like there really is that separation to where they let the managers make the decisions on the field and they don't really interfere with that. But I think it's different over there to where they pretty much tell them you're going to play this guy. You're going to do this. This is how we want the strategy to go. And that's generally seen as bad in North American sports. So it is. Um, it's not. <laughs> yeah. One of the plot points in the movie is that Tom Selleck or Jack Elliott starts to fall in love and is hanging out with Hiroko, uh, who's this, uh, what, what's her job? Does she work for a PR agency? Like, what, what is her actual job? I think, yeah, something like a PR firm. Basically, she does it for the, the corporation, which, right. owns the, uh, which owns the club. Yeah. Which right. makes him her client. Right, and, and she is supposed to put him in commercials and do things like that. Uh, but, uh, but Elliot, or Tom Selleck, of course, falls in love with her because she is the only attractive person in the country who will talk to him. I, I, I love the scene early on in the movie where Tom Selleck shows up at the bar, and in the bar there are only Americans or other foreigners. Mm-hmm. Like, there's literally not an Asian person in sight. Yeah. So they start to fall in love, and then at some point, there's this twist where uh, Tom Selleck is having a bad time at the plate. He's not hitting any balls. Uh, he's not getting his balls squeezed. But Hiroko invites him to go to her parents', parents house. Yeah. And it turns out that her dad is Ushima, Uchiyama, the coach. Yeah, it, which that never came up. <laughs> previous to that but i guess he can't really he does yeah he, he has can't a, hint at it it ruins the plot point yeah and so uh he uh he finds out he he gets a talk about how uh what is it like he doesn't listen he doesn't he he you know he could be better player if he learned to hit a curveball or if he bunted or whatever right. the bullshit that the yeah, coach it, tells it, him it, it, I don't think it, it, I don't think Uge would cared about bunting. I think that was the corporation telling him. Yeah, you're right. It was yeah. the corporation that said like, because eventually he tells him to swing away. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So so I I liked I sort of liked this plot twist or turn in the movie because I I did not see it coming that she was actually going to be his daughter, and I didn't see it coming that Ujiyama actually knew how to speak English. Yeah, like, they, like there had been no hints about this. No. At he, any that makes, prior that point makes everything before that that all the comments Tom Selleck made before that perfect. Right, uh, because he because he, because he, he can understand him, and because the translator obviously is trying to make every bit of his words <laughs> yeah. sound better to the Japanese, you know, public and right. the the other players. Even though Tom Selleck's character was being condescending every way he can. Right, um, he would twist it to make it sound like a little bit magnanimous or whatever. Yes. And but the coach knew the whole time everything he was saying. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, no, that I, is that, great. That that is a great twist. Yeah, no, and that's like great. And then and then you have like the usual like I don't know like nineties movie corny montage montage mm-hmm. of him exercising and getting better and becoming an athlete. Uh, and, 
getting some work in at first base, getting some balls drilled at him. Yeah, crawling in the mud at some point, and sure, why not? He, That's baseball. And then he goes and wins them the pennant. Like it's great. Mm-hmm. And R- Ryan, how does he win them the pennant? Uh, by bunting, which that's <laughs> that's wrong. You, you think they even... stole that? Stole that from Major League? How Tom Derringer's <laughs> character won the? Yeah, they almost did. Uh, you should never. You should even if it means winning a single game in the long run. Bunting is never good. So you you should give up the pennant. You should give up the pennant if it means you have to bunt to get it. Jason, this is. This is one of your favorite movies, right? Oh yeah, I watch it every at least every year before baseball season starts, and it's on throughout the baseball season. But yeah, I like forgot how much I liked. So it was one that, as I was, you know, teenager in college, I would watch a lot, and then I, I probably haven't watched it, and and I I don't know, like seven eight years, and just rewatching it, like I I. I, I forgot like how much I like it and how many, just like so many like laugh out loud, funny beats there are and how they just, they really try to make just like, they're really going for like, you know, making it fun. It's a lot of fun. And it's a lot of fr- fun from the beginning to end. Like there is a, there, there is a story in it. Like the American goes to Japan, teaches the Japanese how to play baseball, dominates, wins the pennant. America is great, but there are a lot of laughs along the line to get there. Mm-hmm. And my only, my only real criticism against the movie is that there aren't more, there aren't more chicks in it. But I, <laughs> I, what kind we, of chicks, Thomas? I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> domestic ones. But we get one, and it is great. And she moves to the U.S. Uh, and, yeah, you know, and it's, so. it's a nice scene at the end when he's hitting, you know, he's hitting batting practice, and you think that he's oh, he's back playing in the in the U.S. And they're like, oh, your old man has still got it, and you find out he's just a coach. I don't know how often coaches take batting practice, <laughs> but he's actually like the the one thing in that that kind of ties it back to Magnum PI is he's the Tigers coach, and he's wearing right. his Detroit Tigers hat that he wore yeah. all throughout the Magnum PI series. Yeah, 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 and I thought that was a nice touch. That was that was fun. As someone who watched probably every episode of Magnum probably three or four times as a teenager. uh, So Mr. Baseball was released in 1992. It had a $40 million budget to actually be made. And it's like a lot, really. It, for nineteen ninety two, that's pretty big. I mean budget. I think you gotta do a lot of location shooting, so I think a lot of that was financed by uh the Japanese um That makes sense. Corporations basically. It was like a tourism yeah. thing. I imagine they had some sort of like um say in the editing or whatever, which it's fine. It's not like too money. I mean they get it's a little not bit. too like it's Give not like over second. the top it's not over the top in breaking them. Yeah. And, and like and it does like as we said earlier like this is obvious like it is obviously made by people who actually like japanese culture like mm-hmm. it, it it is not making fun of it it is as yeah. i think i think ryan it's said making, like, it, it's like making fun of the american and yeah yeah he's yeah. a fish out of water he doesn't know how to behave he he doesn't take us off his shoes in the locker room and whatever it is uh it's it's just it's just fun uh, i give it four stars Mm, out of how many? Five. It's more of like a three-star movie. 
It's definitely not rotten, though. It's like, because the way I look at the Rotten Tomatoes, you know, aggregator is that, like, it's just, like, kind of like an up or down. It's like, it takes each critic and kind of, like, puts it in, like, an up or down vote. And so this is saying, like, only 13% of critics think you should watch this movie, which is insane. Right. Because it's, it's definitely worth watching, and it's a good time. So... Jason, any any final thoughts on I mean, Mr. Baseball? If you haven't seen it, you need to see it. If you have yeah. any interest in any baseball movie. Or if you like one fun. Or one, yeah, exactly. It's for anyone. From one rotten movie to another. So Ryan has also picked a rotten movie for us. This movie has a 41% score from critics on Rotten Tomatoes. It came out fairly recently and it is called Den of Thieves. So, uh, Ryan, what is this? Yeah, so <laughs> Den of Thieves, I kind of have a weird way of coming about coming around to Den of Thieves because... When I saw the trailer, when I saw it was out in theaters, I laughed at it. Uh, my brother Patrick told me that he went and saw it at the theater, like on a date, and I laughed at him. And I was just said, <laughs> "Why would you go see that?" <laughs> I was like, "Because I, I generally I don't like Gerard Butler," um, and I was just like, "Why would you?" And he said, and he told me. I remember we talked after he saw it, and he's just like, well, "Actually." He's like, yeah, I thought it was going to be really stupid, but I actually kind of liked it. And I was like, you don't know what you're talking. I literally said to him, you don't know what you're talking about. Yes, thanks. Can I I just, before we move on, speaking of dates. So I matched with this one chick on a dating app. And we started talking about pizza. And she said that her favorite or go-to pizza place is Papa John's. Oh, no. And I unmatched in an instant. Oh my gosh! What a wow! She probably had so many STDs. (laughs) What part of South Dakota was she from? Probably the Sioux Falls area. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Den of Thieves. Go on, right? And so Patrick is like, I actually kind of liked it, and I was like, I literally said to him, "You don't know what you're talking about," and so. You know, that was, when did it come out? I think it came out in 2016. Yeah, sounds right. And and I, so I hadn't, I I didn't think about it again. Um, I will say the only reason I watched this movie the first time was because it was on um, the Rewatchables podcast, uh, Bill Simmons uh, from the Ringer Network, which is now purchased by Spotify for $250 million. Yeah. (laughs) The podcast bubble is just so. How much are they much. offering for this? <laughs> At least that much. <laughs> We're holding out though. <laughs> um, uh, and so, uh, just like I listened to like the first like fifteen minutes of that episode, where because I listened to all the rewatchable podcasts, even if I haven't seen the movie, and I hadn't seen this. The first fifteen minutes, they were just like talking about like how much fun Gerard Butler was having and how it was different from most of the things he does and you could tell he was just they said like he based his character off of um gene hackman and um french connection and i was and so i stopped it and i was like all right i'm gonna watch this and right away like the first heist i was totally hooked because i love heat and so there are definitely homages to heat in in this 
Oh. And um, and heat like I love heat. I've seen it. I've seen heat probably twenty times. I love it almost as much as Steve Jobs, and um, and so like I love the the beginning heist. I love Pablo Schreiber. Pablo Schreiber is one of my favorite actors right now. And O'Shea Jackson, uh, Ice Cube's son. He's a really good actor. And I was like, okay, well, there are a lot of people I like in this, but I really don't like Gerard Butler. But then Gerard Butler comes on the, sc- on the screen, and he's just totally going for it. He's not taking himself seriously. And he's just, like, having he, he he's having such a good time. Like, he eats a donut from the crime scene. <laughs> and then the FBI, the FBI guy shows up. And he, it, like, he throws the donut back into the crime scene. And the FBI says, you just threw a donut into the hot zone. And he says, no, no, I didn't. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. That was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. And so from then on, I'm just like, all right, Gerard Butler is just like really, really enjoying himself and going really over the top with this role. And I really liked it. I liked it all the way. Like even the stupid twist at the end, which was like insane and silly. I still, uh, well, I still well, liked well, it. Okay. Well, we'll get to that. So spoilers from here on out. Uh, but do you know what the first thing I saw Pablo Schreiber in? Do you know what that was? 13 hours. No. Manchurian candidate. Nope. Okay. Before that. Wait, actually, I'm I'm not sure when Manchurian Candidate came out, but that's not what I saw. Yeah, before that, he's in that with his half brother, Liev Schrober. Oh. He is Nick Sabotka in The Wire. Oh, that's oh. right. We talked about this. That's right. Yeah, he is in The yeah. Wire. Yeah, yeah. The the not not this uh, not the son like uh, Frank Sabotka is his uncle or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I for, I completely forgot about that. I, I like I really like Pablo Schreiber. He's in Thirteen Hours, which is a Michael Bay film, but mm-hmm. the action scenes are not like Michael Bay. I mean, John Krasinski's in it, and it's like it, the the action scenes are very realistic. They're not like Michael Bay like at all, and so he's great in that. He's in uh, American Gods, and uh, which I am currently watching. By the way. He's he's in a couple other things that I just I don't know why he doesn't work more, but he's in this and he's uh, he he's good in this. To to set the stage, uh, Den of Thieves uh, came out in 2018. 18. It had a it had a production budget of 30 million dollars. It made about 80 million dollars, and uh, there is a sequel in the works. Right, uh, I think like I, I think. I think O'Shea Jackson and Gerard Butler are the two carryovers. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. So, so I think Gerard Butler is going to go somehow, like, like in kind of a diehard situation where, you know, Bruce Willis finds himself traveling to, you know, Moscow. Different... Yeah. I think like, I think like Gerard Butler is going to find himself tra- traveling to the UK in chase of, O'Shea Jackson, which is he finds out is the mastermind of this whole thing, and he played himself off as like just the dunce driver the whole time. Okay, so it's a heist, heist movie. I guess I guess it's mostly a heist movie. I have some problems with just the, the very the first twenty seconds, right? <laughs> there are some big problems, right? Yeah. Jason, there's it's some, not there's some there's some hard. I mean, okay, so, there, there's, so... there's a bit. 
<laughs> math problems going on in the first 20 seconds. So, like, the the, the, the scene where the they're following the, like, helicopter, it's an overhead shot of the armored yeah. car going through the streets at night, and yeah. it says on the screen, 2,400 times a year, 44 times a week, nine times a day, every 48 minutes, a bank is robbed here. Basically talking about the United States. Yeah. The math's a bit off. <laughs> Using their math, and 2,400 times a year is, is kind of close to what it is. It's, it would actually be eight times a day if you took out Sundays and holidays. <laughs> and, and, and just like simple math, 2,400 divided by 52 would, would make it it'd be 46 times a week, not, not 44. Um, and then using a nine-to-five schedule, that means a, a robbery would be every 53 minutes. I just I don't <laughs> think anyone here graduated high school. You know, I, I don't think I think they I think they put down I think that was just a first draft of like let's just put down a bunch of numbers and let's not think about it too much. And and if you go with like continental US and use like the time zones, it's actually like a, a bank's rub every seventy three minutes. So that took yeah. me two minutes. You know uh, it's fine. It, and, they, but anyways, so but it gets I get past that pretty quickly when it gets to the first the first the the, the yeah. of this stealing the uh the the, the armored car the armored steal the armored car yeah right, right. And, With, and so 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 the the scene where they are stealing the armored car and they end up in the shootout with police. It's just a great action scene. Like if if you enjoy gunplay in movies, the and sound like editing is so good. Yeah. It it sounds great. It looks great. Like they they like they, I, I guess from uh, what a little bit of reading I did is that like when Pablo Schreiber did thirteen hours, he actually did some special forces training, and so he did a lot of the did a lot of the coaching of the gunplay on this movie because he kind of like he took it seriously in thirteen hours and he got like really into it, and so. And, the, and you can see it really like later in the movie when they're when both like the police, like the SWAT team or, or, or the, the, the police officers from the sheriff's department and the uh, Pablo Shriver's team are getting ready for the last heist and how they're all like gearing up and just like all, all the all just like clicking their weapons into place and just like getting their gear ready. Um, it's I love that scene. I mean, as but long yeah. as the, the first scene, as long as you forget about how they make a big point about these are armor-piercing rounds, and yeah. they tell the driver, "Don't move. We'll get, it'll go right through the the glass." And then they don't shoot. Instead, they, they take don't. a harpoon and pull the window out. <laughs> and at the very end of the scene, when they're driving away with the armored car, the window's intact. Yeah. And then <laughs> and it's the FBI the guys. The, then the, and then not only that, when the FBI gets there and they're talking about, "Oh, it got." They they shot out the front window. Right. Yeah. They, <sighs> they, when clearly they pulled the front window out and it would just be laying intact yes. on the ground. But instead, it's just shattered glass. When, and like you said, when they're driving away, the front window's there <laughs> and is blocking the bullets from the sheriff, from the responding <laughs> police officers. <laughs> yeah. But, but, I don't but, even but, but, but but so so like in this first sequence, like what what you take away is that the gunplay is great. The, the shooting the, the shootout is amazing, 
And then you get to uh, the police showing up on the scene. And as Ryan said, you see Gerard Butler just <laughs> doing his thing, throwing donuts, smoking, making fun of the vegan. It, like, Gerard, it, it's a great, he says, I can't remember what he calls him, but he's like, no, I'm a, I'm a vegan. And then he says, he like, then the FBI guy is like, I don't like you. And he starts to go on and Gerard Butler is like, wait, wait, wait. Why is that? I like you. (laughs) So uh, Gerard Butler and his team, they are supposed to be part of the state sheriff department. Major, they're they're the major crimes. County. Yeah, they're major crimes. The sheriff's department, major crimes department, and apparently, um, when so when they get back to. When the when the bank robbers uh, get back or the, the armored car robbers get back to their hideout, Pablo Schreiber he starts he he starts yelling at the guy who um, who started shooting. Uh-huh. Um, that's uh, Evan or Bosco. He starts yelling at him like, "Why did you start shooting?" Very reminiscent, uh, like a direct like homage to Heat. When Robert De Niro gets mad at the guy who started shooting the 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 armored car guys at um uh in their first heist, and so he starts yelling at him, and he says like, "What happened?" He want he wants to know like um you know make sure your weapons locked down, and he says, "Oh, he was going for his gun. He was going for his coffee." So then he tells him, "We're cop killers now." And he tells him, you know, go back to the scene, find out who responds. He's hoping that it's not major crimes. And so then he he goes back to the scene and is taking pictures with their, you know, special long range lens camera. And he 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 brings the pictures back and they look it up, look him up and he looks up um, Gerard Butler and he says, oh, this is the you know, that um, you know who shot. uh oh. What was his name? There was a character's name that that, that apparently they know a, another criminal who was shot. And they say, you know who shot whatever his name is. It was like Tuco or something like that. Something silly. And it, oh, yeah. He's like, oh, well, it was this guy. And so they're like, we have to be. He's a serious guy. He knows what he's doing. Jason, do you want to get into your heat criticism? This movie wants to be heat so fucking yeah. bad. Well, it is. But a thing, the only thing about this it that heat. You you kind of root for Robert De Niro and Al Pacino's sure. opposing characters. There's nothing. I mean, you, they kind of like try to make it seem like the uh, uh, Pablo Trevor's crew. They 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 only go after uniform people. They don't do innocence or like that. And they try to to give you a reason, but there's no reason to. They're not Robin Hood or anything like that. It's not like no. they're stealing for a good cause. So there's no reason to to root for them. Really, the the family stuff. With with Big Nick's family and the little bit you see of a Fifty good. Cent's family is fucking awful. Yeah, is, no, there I, is I, I, no purpose. That is that is thirty minutes they could take uh, out, and this is what two hours and twenty minutes. Yeah. Again, could, this yeah. is a it would flawed, tighten it it's, up so it's much. Flawed. So, f- in response to the heat <laughs> thing, I think this. I think the makers of this movie. I don't think they tried to be heat. I think they wanted everybody to know that they love heat. But I think they also wanted – I think they were also like, we're not Heat. We're having a good time, but we love Heat. This is just like – this is like, hey, we're going to – just like a little bit of a nod to Heat to say, yes, we know we're stealing some things from Heat because we love it. But we're also 
we're not taking ourselves as seriously as he did. This isn't Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. We have 50 Cent and we have Gerard Butler. And uh, the family stuff, the, the, the family stuff, yeah, it's it's bad. It's the only part I like about the family stuff is when Gerard Butler shows back up at home and his wife is like, you texted the wrong number. And she shows him the text and it says, that was so hot. You a bad bitch. Yeah. Now, well, and so this is uh, Sonny Bancher's uh, uh, guest on the show. Uh, this is Sonny's critique of the movie too, is that it tries to be a little bit too much like Heat and that that's where the Al Pacino, Gerard Butler family stuff comes from. Whereas you right. could just have you could just have scrapped it and it would have made a much tighter movie. Right. Like those those Al Pacino family scenes, because it's Al Pacino, those scenes are like iconic to where mm-hmm. he's just like yelling at the guy like you can ball my wife, but you're not gonna watch my TV. Like, like <laughs> that's only that only works because it's Al Pacino. But like, we yeah. got Gerard Butler. Yes, so we should have seen at, at the, his former friend's house with his soon-to-be yeah. ex-wife and her new boyfriend. Yeah. Oh, where where he signs the documents? Yes, yeah. yes, he's hammered and signs the documents. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and they have to like tell him to leave, and yeah, that that was completely like. We get it. He is a dirtbag. Like you, you don't have to keep hammering mm. home that he's a dirtbag. We know he is. Like from just from the scene of when they kidnap O'Shea Jackson, and like make him talk, and they tell him, and, and he flat out tells him, you know, you think you're the bad guys, we're the bad guys, well, and he's how, speaking how, of the other guys in the major crimes unit, like. How, how how do you like the scene right before that uh, at uh, the bar slash res- restaurant where they introduce Donnie? And Donnie is chatting to his friends and then Gerard Butler just sits there at the bar. Ziggy Froelines or whatever it is. It's yeah. funny because he says like, yeah, he's like, that's for you, Froelines. And then like he says like, uh, I'd fuck you or something. And he's like, I'm just kidding. Not really. <laughs> Like, it's just so silly. Like, doesn't make any sense. Like, I like that part of it. Um, but they have to, like, kind of, like, give us a, a hint that, like, O'Shea Jackson is smarter than we think he is because the the Hawaiian guy says, like, or the Samoan guy says, like, um, how do you remember everyone's order? And he's like, oh, I'm always in um, control of my environment. Right. Like, that's such a stupid thing. Like. He remembers everyone's drink order, so we're supposed to like be like, "Oh, he's definitely a mastermind." It's, it's uh, dumb. So, so one of the one of the problems I had watching this, just like the first time, was how does Gerard Butler and his team actually get on the trail of Merriman, Paula Schreiber? So I guess so. There was there was there's like a a, a quick line to where they say basically. So Merriman had been in prison for like eight months. And during previous to that eight months, there were sophisticated robberies that were happening. And then during the eight months when Merriman was locked away, those robberies stopped. And then they see this armored car robbery when he gets out and they say, this looks like Merriman again. Okay. That's like it's it's like I I've like had to watch like I yeah like I've had to watch the movie like four times to get that like subtle like 
reasoning as to why they're they're on Tamerman. Like yes. it's they yeah, like don't, that, that, they don't do a good job of like explaining why they even know who Merriman is. Yeah, like that seemed a little bit like a jump to me to just like get them on their trail or whatever. It's oh, just right. like yeah, oh we is. we know it's them. Right, oh, it totally but, is. I, I, and, I and, and how they're also already following O'Shea Jackson just because he has talked to Merriman. I do like how they set up the because um, obviously Big Nick and the, the, the sheriffs are following Merriman and they know they're going to do something and they're following uh, what's his face because uh, uh, um, O'Shea Jackson's character. I like how they, they 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 set up the robbery at the branch bank out you know outside of the city and to basically as a distraction right how that how well that works and yeah uh, that's basically to to get them off the trail of 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 him for just enough time so they can make the run at the reserve right but i don't understand how do they know they're going to the reserve what clue do they leave that the sheriffs know okay we need to head Downtown to reserve because that's so, where there is. So, well, so that's it, where that's where he isn't that where O'Shea Jackson told them that they were going to hit. I don't was, think he ever oh, did. No, he told no. him he he told him what where where he was going to meet Merriman. Yeah, at the corner. That's it. Where he's going to be picked up. Yeah. No, I I, I feel like no it, no no. It, it was the it was wasn't it the it, um it the, the, the girl. Map. It wasn't the girl. Remember the girl that uh, Gerard Butler, Pablo's, yeah, the Pablo's stripper. girl, yeah, Pablo's stripper, who he says is family when they're at the, <laughs> when they're at the, when when Pablo, when Gerard Butler shows up to the, um, what is that place, uh, the steakhouse, the um, Ziggy's Froyline? No, 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 the um, the Japanese steakhouse, the bocce. What what is it called though? It's uh, they they name it in the it's the chain. What Any is the hunt? Benihana. When he when when Gerard Butler shows up to the Benihana and they've got and he starts just like he basically outs O'Shea Jackson and says like oh hey I know you from the gym or whatever and that then so like awkward. he starts he, so he was starts being a dick and then um, Pablo Trevor says hey do you mind we've got family here and he points to the strippers <laughs> <laughs> he she the 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 girl that that. Uh, Gerard Butler slept with. That's Pablo's girlfriend. She told him about the branch bank. Yes. Yeah. And not not the Federal Reserve. Right. She because Pablo told her to tell Nick where that they right. where they're going because it was they set him up to a goose chase. That, yeah. 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 So, so but, I think the only reason they suspect they just happen to be they... drive they just happen to be driving by and see O'Shea Jackson walking on the street. Uh, uh, yeah. Because that's how they catch him. That, it's that like, has to. It has. There, there has to be a cut of this movie where they explain that because there is no what? reason for right, them to head because, down there. Yeah, right, because like, they just like, have to be driving down that street and they see. Yes. Because because O'Shea Jackson has been like he gets the Chinese food that's been the Chinese food that's been sitting in the, oh in the ceiling yeah. for how many days and delivers it and then comes out of the Federal Reserve. And then they just happen to be driving down that street, and they see him. Oh, there he is! Yeah, you're right. There has to, like, why were they even over? Like, is that just a random chance? They're just like, hey, let's let's just drive around. So, so I I think that we are supposed to infer from Gerard Butler looking at the map of the sewer map. system. Yeah, 
that they are going to the federal serve, but that is that is never clear. No, no, it's not. It's not ever clear. But I, I do. Okay, but so okay, I can get past that. The how they steal the money or plan to steal the money from the Federal Reserve is pretty an ingenious idea. I do like that. I don't know yeah. where this kit, where this bartender. <laughs> This bartender slash driver gets an uh, <laughs> a, 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 a IDM or whatever it is the uh, yeah the electro pulse to, mm-hmm. to knock out the power in the room the, the yeah EMP the EMP yeah oh, whatever I can't talk the EMP yes and I I think like those are not like I guess we're just supposed to believe that he, like he's that smart that he could either build one or know where to get access one. yeah yeah they're at the bank they. Uh, they blow a hole into the sewer system or whatever. They get to the Federal Reserve. They get in there. He's hiding inside the money in the cart. Right. And then when they are leaving, they put the money in another cart? Or like, like what exactly well, they, well, they, happens well, because Because that money was supposed to be destroyed and they were getting clean bills and brand new bills that money's supposed to be destroyed yeah but he bagged that up and he dropped down the chute where it regularly goes but he bet in the black bags yeah within one garbage truck that's supposed to go but the thing was but there are two garbage trucks exactly and and you kind of get the hint of some guy you've never did we see the guy driving the one truck before We've never seen it before, but we're but all but he seems like he's in on it. Yes, <laughs> like, exactly. So yeah, again, that seems like another cutscene where they, they they pay him off, I guess, because he definitely seems like because he nods at someone. As, is, he, at, is he is he one of the people? You're you're the driver. Are they one of the people at the very end at the bar in UK, in the UK sitting yes, with yeah. just the woman yeah. who was working? The are they women, one of the people? They're also in on it. They, are, are both? No, no, no. Are both women? Or just no, the the I've one been, I woman. I think only one. I think only, only one, one is the one only that one. The, the one that didn't like her food that called security. Yeah. She's not in on it. The other mm-hmm. woman is. Yeah. yeah, and I guess that was just to sell it to the um, to the rest of Pablo Schreiber's team for her to complain about the food because they knew it would be sitting in the ceiling for two months. That no, I think it was just they had. I don't see. I don't know how they knew that. Okay, we're gonna get this woman to definitely call in Chinese at this time of day, so he has a excuse yeah, I, to be I, in the building. Yeah, I don't know how he sold. I don't know how O'Shea Jackson sold that to Pablo Schreiber and the rest of his team. Yeah, and I was I was convinced that Donnie or O'Shea Jackson. I was convinced that he was gonna get caught when he was leaving the Federal Reserve, like yes, when like they were check they were checking right, the logs because and they were, they were like. like and they just let him. They're like, and they they said, "I don't have, I don't show you signing in." And he's like, "Oh, I signed in." The and other guy like shift before. And then they're just like, "All right, just go." And uh, I don't I don't know if you'd be able to get out that easy without without having signed in and you're in there you're in there. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he would just be like, "Oh, sure." Like the ship before. How long did how long was he in there delivering Chinese food? <laughs> if it was the ship before. <laughs> How many deliveries did you have? <laughs> There's definitely all kinds of holes yeah. you can punch in this whole like plot. Jason, what do you think about uh, the final shootout in traffic? I thought, I thought, I thought it was it was uh, a very well done, um, exciting. You know, everyone's getting ready. They know what's going to happen. Like you said before, they're they're getting their guns ready. Uh, Pablo Shriver tells, "Give me the saw." 
it gave me it gave me uh, some flashbacks to do you remember in the first uh, Sicario movie when they are stuck yeah. in traffic at the right. border? Yeah, you're right. It, it was it was very much like that. Yeah, yeah, except except for the fact that the two sides in this movie they are just more evenly they're evenly matched. Right, right, and they also do not care at all about <laughs> no civilians. No. They're like duck like, down, duck down. Like, yeah, that'll work. are like, yeah, we're we know that they are heavily armed, and we're also heavily armed. Get behind your engine block. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's gonna save you. I, I think that also speaks to the fact that like Gerard Butler and his guys. They're dirty cops. Like they're not like they're just trying to get their guys, and they'll yeah. do whatever they have to. Okay. Yeah. But the uh, one part there's there's one part of the shootout that it's just after it's after Pablo uh, Schreiber's character uses the saw and mm-hmm. it gets one of the sheriffs and mows down. You know, shoots up every car, every <laughs> all twenty cars, and between them, there's a scene where it skips from him shooting and it goes into a drone shot that flies back towards the sheriffs and everything at the picture. It looks so freaking cheap because it changed. It's a camera. It looks like this web camera I'm on. Yeah. It's, sh- it's just to that on a drone shot and then back to high definition. Right. It it's does. Just, yeah. It, it takes me out of it. So much. I don't know why they did that, <laughs> but that's a very small, it's a really good shootout. The chase uh, all over the place. Can we talk about 50 cents death scene? It's just, it's, it's terrible. It, it really is. It's really bad. I don't know what he's <laughs> the 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 uh, Mo. Uh, what's his name? That uh, the actor's name is Mo something. Yes, the police uh, officer that shot him, uh, Mo McRae. He 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 shoots him from a distance as he, which that's shot great because he's lined. He's he's got it lined up and he's waiting for just someone to cross through his field of fire. <laughs> And then yeah. as soon as Field of uh, 50 Cent runs through, he hits him and he takes him down. That's great. But then he goes up to him and I don't know what is going on with 50 Cent at that point. Like he's dying. He's like my kids. <laughs> and he's just yes. like, you're in God's hands. You're in his yeah, hands yeah, now or something like that. And it's just like, <laughs> it's so like they have two, they have two like endings of uh, heat. Like, because we got we got 50 Cent and Mo McCray, like, sitting there where 50 Cent's dying and he's holding his hand. And then when finally uh, Gerard Butler kills Pablo Shriver, we got another heat scene where they're, where he's he's kind of holding him as Pablo Shriver does. They set up the scene with Gerard Butler and Pablo Shriver, the final scene uh, okay, with we, the pistols, we... because they're both out of bullets of their assault rivals. And they're down. They're both down to their handguns, and we get the scene where they're at the shooting range, to where Pablo Schreiber or Gerard Butler shows up at the shooting range of uh, where Pablo Schreiber is shooting, and they and then they both know that they're there. They both know that they're after each other, and Pablo Schreiber shoots and hits like all all center shots within like you know within three inches of each other and just leaves his target out there for gerard butler to look at and showing oh this is how good i am with the pistol that that's a good scene though i like i enjoy that scene they did they set it up and then at the end you know they're going to be down Uh to uh facing off with pistols okay they have the the shootout and uh 
publisher ever runs completely out of ammo for his handguns, I think. But he obviously doesn't want to be captured. It, it, and they don't really, it doesn't show a good job because the camera is up above uh, Gerard Butler's waist. And he's holding, because he, he shoots, because they're having like a standoff. And because he gets, he gets the angle and publisher ever doesn't have, has his gun down because he's, he's wounded and he can't lift it up quick enough. And Gerard Butler, he's like, don't do it. And he shoots him when he tries to raise his arm. And then he gets to his gun and he takes, he takes the magazine out. But you can't see it because it's so low in the screen because the camera's up above his waist. You can't see, you know, you assume that the magazine's empty. And then you yeah. finally see him kind of empty, you know, try to see if there's a, if, if there's a bullet in the chamber. Around, and there's not. around the chamber and there's not. Yeah, but it was like it, that was. They so, don't show. They don't, they don't. They don't make it clear. They could show it just a little. The better camera angle or look from above him seeing like the the magazine empty would show it, but you can't tell if the magazine empty because he just pulls it out and looks. Yeah, and, and they don't. They show him looking, but they don't yes. show us what he sees. Yes. they could have sold because, as he told him, I'm not gonna cuff. Uh, like I'm not gonna cuff up. Like or whatever yes. he said. Yes. Where I'm not going back to prison. They could have like said they could have like clearly showed he's out of bullets and he's just gonna like do suicide by cop basically yes. and get himself killed, but they didn't and they left it kind of like uh, a little bit ambiguous. But then he tells him, "I told you," <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, great. What? So uh, did you know? So so there is uh, this one scene where they are in the bank. And he called, uh, Pablo Schreiber calls Gerard Butler, who is outside, yeah. and they have a chat on the phone. And that's, that's, that's essentially the moment where Pablo Schreiber is like, you're never taking me alone. Like, right. Uh, yeah. Or yeah. Uh, alive. Alive, like, right. What, and, whatever and happens. Gerard, and he says, I didn't bring my cuffs anyway. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. So, so how, how do you guys feel about the twist of the movie that Donnie is actually the mastermind. Uh, I don't I, like how it's revealed in like flashbacks. I wonder if that was the idea the whole time, or if it was something that they tacked on after the fact. Because it's really not. You, I mean, they should really give you more hints throughout, don't you yes. think? Yeah, yeah like, like the only hint is, as you said, uh, in the beginning when he's talking to his friend and or whatever. I says, would bet, I would bet money that scene was a was a reshoot. Like they mm-hmm. shot that after the fact, just to like say, oh, we need to give like some hint. Or when he says like, oh, I'm I, in control. I'm in control of my environment at all times. Which, at the time, as you're watching it chronologically, you're just like, what a weird thing for him to say. You're not thinking, like, oh, he's the mastermind, because he yeah. remembers everybody's drink order. <laughs> he remembers the drink order, so he's obviously the mastermind. They, sh- they, they really did not do a good job of giving us a hint that it was going to be, you know, O'Shea Jackson was the mastermind. I mean, they gave, I mean, obviously, because he was, lock- he was in the sheriff's car locked up. When the yeah. shootout happened, and they, you know, the one guy, uh, Gus or whatever his name was, or handcuffed him to the, to the in the inside of the suburban, and then when after the shootout's done, and and 
Yeah, Gerard Butler's there. character again. He sees just empty cuffs, and he's like, "What the hey, fuck?" Cuffs. Well, yeah. and and during the shootout, they kept cutting back to him, which was yeah. like an indication that there is more to this. Yeah, that yes. something he's doing something. And the fact but, that then they show us that like that they actually like they hit the money in the tires of the car. It wasn't actually in the duffel bags. Well, no, 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 they, no, they because they. They do a flashback showing that the money like was in the tires of one of the vehicles. Well, that, that no, that's how they because they okay because we kind of skipped over like um, they they after they they rob the Federal Reserve, publish every character drives back with uh, what's this uh, with uh, fifty cent and to a wrecking yard that they're going to destroy the evidence and then collect the bags and they just throw the bags in the back of the. This suburban, the the suburban, they never check. Yeah, um, and so, and then when Gerard Butler's character and the sheriffs are going over it, and they open up the bags, and they're like, "What is this? Uh, they're using it for betting or something like that, or because uh, it was just it was just shredded, right? Uh, it just it was just the yeah. shredded money. And then you they, then they show that uh, the different truck dropped off to some place. At a later date, that Donnie met the other other people in the crew uh, that he brought along for this mission, and that they were packing it. That's how they got it out of. Out, that's how they they smuggled it away after the fact, after the shootout and all that. Yeah, Jason, fresh or rotten? Fresh. I think it's it's not a great movie, but it's no. it's it's fun and it's enjoyable. It is what it is. It's. I wouldn't have been unhappy seeing in the theater if I, you know, paying like ten bucks and uh, something like that to, to see that. In the I would, I've been perfectly happy with it. I, it's one where I think that actually, like, the sequel has a chance to be better than this one because I think like they've got like they kind of know what they're doing this time and they know you get the you get the sense that this was kind of like a chaotic shoot maybe and maybe they didn't didn't have a clear vision like maybe not everybody was on the same page or what they're doing like maybe some people thought they were actually making heat and and but but some people knew no we're not making heat we're making a fun version we're making a fast and furious version of heat it says this movie was in development for 14 years though it was it was written written initially in, in 2003 for new line cinema oh my gosh that doesn't make sense to me like it seems like it would be a fairly cheap movie to shoot as long as you get the right actors and it's going to be great. So I, so so one thing that I kept thinking about while watching this movie and I mentioned this earlier is that this seemed like to me it seemed like Gerard Butler's Josh Brolin moment because Josh <laughs> Brolin in the first Sicario movie as Matt Graver Matt Graver, perf- yeah. It, it, like it's perfect mm-hmm. and Gerard, Gerard Butler in Den of Thieves is perfect. He's, he, having... he's he is. I I don't like Gerard Butler most of the time, but he's really great in this. He he gets what's going on in this movie. Yeah, no, I like uh, uh, Jason. Have you seen Gerard Butler in anything else that you like? Uh, no. I, I, I think the only only movie I've seen Gerard Butler in the theater. I want to say. Is that fucking awful Catherine Heigl movie, like where he plays like a? Uh, oh it, yeah, it's terrible. The, his rom com face. Yes, 
It he did run some rom coms for a while. I know I saw three hundred in the movie, and I think oh, in the theater yeah, that would be that would have been the one. And I, I mean, I liked it at the time. I get now that it's you know kind of ridiculous, but uh, <laughs> you know, but between three hundred and this, I think like he's done a lot of really bad stuff. Uh, yeah, the Fallen movies, like uh, uh, yeah, which, yeah. I, which, which, I haven't I haven't seen those, so I wonder if maybe I should go with there being so many. I wonder if I should go back and watch them. I fi- I, mean, I figured I'd skip them. Yeah. The director of this, uh, the, the his movie before this was London Has Fallen. So, right. well, it, yeah. he, he he was the writer for London Has Fallen. Sorry. Yeah. So this is his first film. He's the director. This is his, his directorial debut. Uticast. This was his first movie he's directed. But he wrote he wrote a bunch of the um, he wrote A Man Apart with Vin Diesel in uh, 2003, and then he wrote London Has Fallen also. Ryan and Jason say that Den of Thieves is fresh. I agree with them. It's an enjoyable heist movie. You should definitely watch it. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to add to this episode before we say goodnight? Just looking at this, the director of the Christian Gutekas, he's that's a weird gap mm-hmm. to go from a man apart. Man apart in, tw- in 2003 and then to, uh, one is fallen? Yeah. It is weird. I wonder what else he did. Some TV stuff, uh, but it's yeah. But it's like um, let's see. As a writer, he wrote he wrote an episode of Hawaii Five Hawaii Five O. Oh, the uh, sequel does have a uh, a, a tight like a, a preliminary title: Den of Thieves Two Pantera. Pantera. Is that about the band or? To everyone out there, uh, we hope that you are surviving the the quarantine. Don't go outside. Stay inside. Listen to the SSEU podcast. Good night and good luck.